You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, episode 116, If Deadly Sins Had Babies, part one. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. Hey, welcome to the show. Glad to have you once again as we have come together as friends to talk about uh, all things Jesus, all things discipleship and evangelization, and uh, just things that are interesting in our lives. And today we're going to be talking about something that I think everybody has to deal with at one time or another, and that is the seven deadly sins. We'll get to that in just in just a moment. Uh, I want to thank you for writing in. Well, I'm getting a lot of great email and a lot of great comments on iTunes and Google Play and um, but you know just all kinds of outlets, and I do appreciate that. And uh, my email address is the Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. Uh, today it is a beautiful day. I'm coming to you overlooking a, a lake in Minnesota. The shimmering water, the eagles uh, hovering over the lake, looking for lunch, I assume, and uh, some seagulls. It is beautiful, and every once in a while you hear a pair of loons. Loons are a beautiful. It's a state bird of Minnesota. And uh, there's usually a pair per lake, or if there's two pairs, they're on the opposite sides, and they make the most beautiful noise, particularly during sunset uh, in the evening. If you ever come to Minnesota, you're in for a treat. It is a beautiful place to live, and a lot of great things happening in the church. A lot of good things happening around the world. From South Africa, Taylor writes and says, uh, she says, I'm 26 years old, and I am working as a teacher in Sweden but she is South African. And you talk about a worldwide show here. She said, I recently came across your podcast and it has been a true and honest blessing. The biggest takeaway from the talks I've heard so far is that our faith journey is exactly that, a journey. Your podcast on isolating spiritual disciplines and the other on feeling like quitting is exactly what I needed to hear, practical and encouraging. I've begun to perform an examination of conscience each night as a way of beginning to isolate spiritual disciplines one at a time, and my battle with constant fatigue seems less daunting. Uh, that is a, that's a great news, and thank you. I appreciate that, uh, Taylor, uh, for sharing that with me. Let's see. We've got Lily. Lily writes, she says, good evening. I love the show. So thankful I found it, mind you, while looking for something else on YouTube. Listening to a few videos somewhere along the way, I heard the name Jeff Cavins, and then I started searching for any videos that YouTube might have. Ended up Googling the name and found the podcast show. Immediately subscribed as I resonated so much with the topics. Funniest part is, I was initially trying to find a YouTube video guide for an easy step-by-step -step way of reading the Bible. I ended up buying the timeline and am so grateful for God's beautiful way of showing me he hears me. <laughs> Isn't that something how that works? And that's the, that's the beauty of social media is that people who are searching for things can find them. And that's why we're here. We want to be a blessing to other people. Uh, the Bible studies that she's referring to are at ascensionpress.com. Also, we have here, we have uh, Anne, Anne Marie writes, and she says, I have greatly enjoyed and shared your Bible studies. The Bible Timeline series changed my relationship with God and how I live my life. 
And she goes on and uh, has asked some questions, and we're going to get back to those. But I wanted to just to acknowledge that, uh, Anne-Marie, I appreciate you, appreciate you uh, sending, sending that in. And we have one more from Holly. Holly writes and says, thank you for all that you share with us and teach us on this podcast. I wanted to share with you how our parish will be using the Activated Disciple Program this year for Lent. And then she goes on and she uh, explains how their church is going to be using it. Uh, the Activated Disciple Program is a, uh, a program for parishes that uh, I wrote a book on the Activated Disciple followed by a 40-day challenge to act like a disciple for 40 days. And uh, that's what she's putting into practice uh, in her parish. So I want to thank all of you for for writing in and, and sharing some of your ideas with me, and it's much, much appreciated. Well, the name of the show today, isn't it an interesting name? I think so. Uh, the name of the show today is If Deadly Sins Had Babies. If Deadly Sins Have Babies. And what I'd like to do with this is I'd like to uh, kind of you know, teach and educate you a little bit on the seven deadly sins. And I want to give you a way to remember those deadly sins. But one of the things I want to do, and this is going to be a two-part series, is I want to I want to cover the deadly sins, but I want to look at the babies of these deadly sins, the children, the sons and the daughters of these deadly sins. Because while you might say, well, I don't struggle with pride or anger, lust or envy, I certainly don't struggle with gluttony or avarice or sloth, uh, you might recognize their children in your life. And so I want to go through those one at a time and then and then I want to show you the virtue that can counter that. In other words, discipline those children and bring them around, right? And, uh, you know, so often we, we run into people where we'll say to someone, wow, is, is that guy contentious? You know, what's gotten into him? What's his problem? Or, or wow, is she boastful? What is her, what's her deal, you know? What's her wound? And while we, while we notice the being boastful or obstinate, we don't realize the parent of those, of those, uh, you know, those difficulties, those, those vices, the children of the vices. So I want to go through those with you and, and, and talk about them. And as I do that, uh, I want you to know, I'm very aware that uh, I struggle with many of these things and I have to deal with them. And the proper way to deal with them, of course, is through confession, going to confession and, and dealing with it and then practicing the virtue. And I'm going to give you those, those virtues. Now, before I get going, let me say a couple of things. One, uh, originally this was, uh, this was really inspiring to me. And it first came about in my life, uh, uh, at a men's conference in Calgary, Alberta. I went to the 22nd annual men's conference sponsored by God Squad in at St. Peter's Parish in Calgary. And Father Jonathan Gibson, uh, give him a shout out today. Father Jonathan Gibson is a convert to the Catholic Church, and he handed out a wonderful examination of conscience. And I am going to put that in my show notes. Uh, I'm going to put that in the show notes. And if you don't get the show notes, just send me an email at the Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com, and uh, we'll send it to you, and we'll put you on that on that list, and you'll get the show notes every time. So, as I am going through these seven these seven de- seven deadly sins, please know if you're driving or you just want to listen, 
this chart is going to be made available to you. And it's a valuable chart. And I, I really believe in giving away the best. You know, don't keep it for myself. Give it away. And, and if, it, if, it, if it's an advantage in your life, a blessing to your life, yay, right? And I think that we need to be magnanimous and not pusillanimous and give it away. Give it away. So uh, let's, let's start, shall we? we we've got, we've got uh, seven of them. And, and uh, Father Gibson had a great acronym for remembering the seven, the seven deadly sins, and it was pale gas. That's right. Pale gas. Pale gas. P-A-L-E, gas. And that stands for pale, and that is pride, anger, lust, envy. That's pale. And then the last three are gas, gluttony, avarice, and sloth. And I'm a big I'm a big proponent of using acronyms. I use it in the Bible timeline teachings, and it it helps everyone remember things that really need to be remembered. And if you come up to the average person and say, "Name off the the seven deadly sins," most people really struggle with even remembering what they are, much less noticing them in their own life, which is something that we need we need to really get on top of. So let's take a look at the word pale, shall we? And let's take a look at those those. Uh, those uh, children of these deadly sins, if deadly sins had babies, right? The first one is pride. And pride is something that we all struggle with, you know, one to one degree or another. And pride could be described as a deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements, the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated or from qualities or possessions that are wild, widely admired. So pride is really a disordered assessment of ourselves, and, and uh, it's, an, it's a disordered assessment of who we are in relationship to God and in relationship to one another. We are stuck on ourselves. We think more of ourselves than we should, and most of us would say, well, I don't really do that. I try to walk in humility and put other people first, uh, but it's when you look at the babies that pride produces that you start to really realize you start to really realize just how much this does affect us now some of the babies that pride will produce uh, in your life and in society number one is, is disobedience disobedience that's a failure a refusal to obey authority when you're when you you know get your uh, your, you know, your, your temper up and your, and your, and everything starts getting out of whack and, uh, it's easy to become disobedient. I'm not going to do what they say. I don't have to listen to you. I know better. Don't you know where I went to school? I was taught better than that. And so this disobedience, the failure or the refusal to obey authority starts to, starts to rise up in our hearts. And that's one of the daughters, that's one of the babies of pride is disobedience. Another one is boastfulness, boastfulness. And that's showing excessive pride. That's when you have to stand around at a at a cocktail party, or you have to go to a class reunion, or you are with your weekly friends that you get together with, and what do you do? You're, you're showing um, you're showing that pride by by being boastful, boastful of what you've accomplished, boastful of what people said about you, boastful about where you live, boastful about this and that. And so, while you might not think you're really struggling with pride, you might be struggling with one of the babies of pride, which is boastfulness. And then we have the third child of pride, which is hypocrisy. 
hypocrisy. And that's not conforming to one's own standards. That pride can produce a baby in your life that will be a hypocrite. And you know this word hypocrite, uh, it, it comes from the Greek word to be an actor. It's to play another role. And so if you're struggling with pride in your life, uh, you are going to be hypocritical in how you deal with other people. Or you're going to say one thing as far as a standard of of uh, moral behavior, for example, but you won't do it yourself. Now, again, all of us at one time or another, I think, struggle with hypocrisy to a to a degree. And if you find yourself struggling with hypocrisy in your life, you just might come to the conclusion, you know what? The father and the mother of this hypocrisy is pride, and I've got to deal with it. I have to deal with it. Another one of these children of, of uh, this, this deadly sin of pride is contention, and that is a heated disagreement, contention. You know, the people who struggle with pride are very contentious people, and this is something to take, uh, take note of in our lives because we're going to want to take all of this to, con- to confession. Have you ever been at, in a meeting at work? And you are uh, always observing somebody in that committee that's contentious. It doesn't matter what anything, you know, what, what what the topic is. It doesn't matter what you're what you're trying to solve. Uh, but they seem to always be contentious. Well, there's a good chance that they're struggling with pride, and uh, that's something you need to pray about for them. But more to the point on this show, for yourself, contention, heated disagreement. Boy, I find when I get tangled up in pride, um, you know, pride's a tough, a tough one. You know, Bob Dylan once he had a song called "Tangled Up in Blue," and that song "Tangled Up in Blue" was really uh, came from an artist, and he said the hardest color to paint for him was blue. He always got tangled up in blue, and I, and for me, I get tangled up in pride, and um, and that's something I've got to I've got to watch in my own life. Contention. Another one is obstinacy. Oh boy, this is sort of like contention, isn't it? This is another child of pride, obstinacy. It's stubbornness. And I got to tell you, I know of times in my life where I've been plain stubborn, and I have been in meetings and in relationships with other people who are so stubborn, and I even raised my voice and said, you are so stubborn. How come you can't listen? Well, let me, let me uh, clue you in. It's pride. It's pride. But somebody else might be listening to this show and thinking about you, so you got to watch it, right? And then another one of the children here out of these seven children of uh, pride is discord. Discord. It's always a lack of harmony. The thing never is. There's no harmony. It's always, you know, an atmosphere of, of discord. And that that's hard, isn't it? That's hard. Uh, to work with people like that. And it's hard for people to work with people like us if we are sowing discord, whether it's at work or whether it's in your marriage or with your children or your neighbors or at a political meeting or whatever it might be. Discord, it's one of the brats of pride. <laughs> it's one of the brats of pride. And then you've got a, the last little child of pride is a love of novelties to excess. Love of novelties to excess. In other words, overly concerned with fashion, technology, better put this way, we've talked about it before, stuff. 
Now, I want to talk about that for a moment because a lot of people do not associate a concern with a, a nonstop concern with fashion, technology, stuff with pride. And, and it, is, it is attached to pride. It's attached to pride because it is an outer display of who we think we are, who we want people to think we are, or the idea that I can control my life and my atmosphere with technology. I am in control. And so we have to have the technology, and it goes, it just goes too far in our life, and, uh, and the root of it is pride. Now, how do you deal with pride? Well, if you want to deal with pride, you got to bring something else into the mixture here. You've got pride with its seven, seven brats, and you've got to bring another something even more powerful in to deal with it, and you know what it is? It's humility. That's what it is. It's humility. And humility is a, a proper view of who you are in relationship to God and who you are in relationship to one another. And the Catechism says that, 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 uh, that humility is the, is the foundation of prayer, right? And in order for us to fight disobedience and boastfulness and hypocrisy and contention and obstinacy, discord, and a love of novelties, we have to be completely dependent upon the Lord. We don't pull up ourselves by the bootstraps as Americans and say, I don't need any help. I've got things covered. Don't worry about me. You can't teach me that. I'm, I know better. Don't you see the degrees on my wall? No, we need humility. Humility, and when we walk in humility, the Lord can do amazing things in our lives. That's right. And so, if you want a tutor to come in and uh, and uh, deal with those brats in your life of uh, pride, bring in humility, because humility will deal with disobedience and boastfulness. You can't be boastful and walk in humility. You can't walk in humility and be a hypocrite or contentious or obstinate. And if you're walking in humility, you're not going to be all caught up in fashion and technology and, and stuff in your life. It's not going to happen. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I want to go into the next one under pale, and that's going to be anger, one of the deadly sins. Can you guess already? What are the brats? What are the, what are the offspring of anger? If anger could have babies, what would they be? You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. Every one of us is made in the image of God. We are unique, worthy of love, and called to greatness. In this world, though, we can be distracted from that truth and begin to doubt God's love is real. You see, we live in a world that tells us we are not smart, attractive, thin, or rich enough. It is easy to focus on the ways we fall short of worldly perfection and forget that we are already made perfect. We are already enough. I'm Danielle Bean, author of You Are Enough, what women of the Bible teach you about your mission and worth. You Are Enough dives into the stories of women in the Bible so that you can fully see God's plan for your life. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And welcome back. We have uh, covered so far pride, and we're looking today at at the seven deadly sins. And it's going to be more than one show. Frankly, I don't know how many shows this is going to be, but uh, I'm going to keep going through them. And I know you would like to 
uh, hear about them. The first one was pride, and we talked about uh, all the little babies of pride. Now we're looking at anger. Have you ever been angry? Boy, I have. And a lot of people say, well, I'm angry because I'm Irish, you know, or I'm angry because of this or that. And there's a lot of reasons we give, and they'll say, well, it's in my DNA. I can't help that. I can't really, you know, help my anger. And, you know, anger is a passion. Of course you can, of course you can control it. You can, you, you can control the passions. Uh, they're at the, at the, um, at the service of the will in our lives. And so we can. Now, anger, it really is a strong feeling of annoyance and displeasure or, or hostility in our lives. And I did an earlier show, you can go back and look uh, on shows I did on anger, and there is a good anger and a bad anger. There's an anger that will wind you up in sin because it's very self-centered, and there's an anger that will result in making the wrong right. huh? And and that's what that's a that's a righteous anger. Jesus had a righteous anger. I've been righteously anger angry before, where something happened and and I got angry, knowing that this should not happen and I need to do something about it. But I've also been very angry when somebody just you know ticked me off. Ticked is Greek for something, but they just ticked me off, and I took things into my own hands and tried to uh, you know level the playing field. And I did that in junior high, high school, college, and as an adult sometimes. So there's a good anger and a wrong anger, but there's a, a one anger that's a deadly sin. And the reason is, is that it has babies, right? It has babies, and that's what we're talking about. So we're going to see here that there are six little brats that can uh, that come from anger. And I want to go through those and give you the, the virtue on how to, how to deal with it. Because so often, anger has to do with our perceived you know, our perception of I've been wronged, I've been wronged. So one of the one of the babies of anger is indignation. It's indignation. What's that? Well, that's an annoyance uh, provoked by what is perceived to be unfair. It's just unfair, right? It's unfair. Now, you know, truth be told, there are times when it is unfair. It is unfair, but it's unfair because it's against justice, and oftentimes when we say it's not fair, it's not fair because it was against my convenience or my taste or my, or my desire, you know, and that's why we get upset. So indignation can be a sign that you're struggling with, with, with anger as uh, one of the seven deadly sins. Another one is swelling of the mind, swelling of the mind. Uh, that's an interesting way of putting it, isn't it? Swelling of the mind, gradual building of strong feelings of annoyance, displeasure, hostility. That's right. They become angry, right? And we have this this uh, strong feelings of annoyance. I'm annoyed. <laughs> Back when I was in uh, high school, uh, just a few years ago. Anyway, I we didn't have that phrase. And I started noticing in the 80s and the 90s, I started noticing the kids were saying, oh, that's so annoying. That's so annoying. Dad, you're annoying. Do you want to go do this? No. Why? It's annoying. And annoying became sort of a, a, a major thing. People were annoyed or they were displeased, you know, constantly. And they, and they felt hostility under the surface. Those are people that are dealing with, with anger. One of the other uh, babies, which I uh, call brats, of anger is clamor. What's clamor? Well, clamor is raising the voice. Have you ever been in a discussion with someone and uh, you didn't feel like you were going anywhere when trying to get your ideas across? And so what, <laughs> what did you do? 
Well, you turn the volume up a little bit. Say, Frank, didn't you hear me? And he doesn't answer. Frank, didn't you hear me? Doesn't answer. Frank! Clamor, raising of the voice, anger. There's another child of anger, which is blasphemy. What's blasphemy? Profane talk. My dad used to tell me when I was growing up that people who swore a lot were people who couldn't uh, uh, articulate their their feelings or their ideas, and so they had to they had to resort to profanity. And I think sometimes when we get angry, we don't know how to articulate and we don't know how to work this out. We don't know how to say, "Hey, let's let's sit down and talk. Let's seriously let's." Let's talk. Let's pray. Let's let's take this to the Lord. They don't know how to do it. They don't have the the spiritual language or the or the um, uh, the habit of doing that, and so it's almost unconscious. We think that well, I'll get my ideas across by just really raising the volume, you know, or profane talk. You know, you blank, you blank, you blank this and that, and that that somehow is going to bring about justice, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So blasphemy doesn't work. Or name-calling, that's one of the other uh, offspring of anger is name-calling. That's abusive language. You so-and-so. It's insults. It's ad hominem. It's it's attacking the person rather than the topic. Name-calling. I remember the you know that phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, uh, which is a lie. It's absolutely a lie. A lot of times sticks and stones hurt for a little bit, but words can hurt, and name-calling can hurt for a lifetime, and we don't soon forget. And so name-calling might be one of those things in your life. Do you find yourself name-calling when you don't get your way, when you're so angry? Well, we got to deal with that, don't we? Uh, be honest about it. You know, that's what I'm trying to do here, too, as you go through this list of pale gas, <laughs> you know, pale gas, pride and anger are the first two, and I got to be honest about it. And the last little child, that little that little rug rat of anger is quarreling, quarreling, arguments, disagreements, always quarreling. And that's something you need to watch out for. Now, what is the virtue that can, can stifle anger? What is the virtue that can combat indignation and clamor and blasphemy and, and uh, the feeling of a constant annoyance? <sighs> what is the virtue? It's forgiveness. Forgiveness. And that is the action or the process of forgiving others. It's letting go. It is letting go and realizing that, that Jesus has paid the price for this thing that you are angry about, and you can let it go. Now, there are times when you can let it go and you can also litigate. You know, you can let it go and you can get into court and you can do something that will be just and will be good for many people. Like the lady who developed the program Mothers Against Drunk Driving, MAD. Her daughter was murdered by a drunk driver in such a light sentence that she was filled with indignation. She was angry. But she did something about it. She did something about it. In a sense, she forgives and she changes the law so that she can live a peaceful life today. So forgiveness is the key to dealing with this. It really is the key. And that's a little bit about anger. Now, the third one in pale, P-A-L-E, pale gas, is lust. 
Oh, this is a strong one in the world today, isn't it? It's one of those deadly sins that, well, it produces more siblings here than almost any other. In fact, I think it does. There are eight children that I can name right now that are the the product of lust, which is a very strong sexual desire or a strong passionate desire for something. It's for someone or something. And people struggle with lust. It's not just it's not just in the category of of, of sexual um, pleasure, but it but it also is in the category of things and stuff and you know um, amassing uh, wealth and and so forth. And I think to one degree or another, we all struggle with lust in our lives. We really do. So let's look at uh, some of the the little. Snats. <laughs> Let's look at some of the little brats of lust that we can start to see in our lives that might be a tip that we are struggling with lust. One is a blindness of mind, a blindness of mind. It's a turning a blind eye and acting on temptation. We know there's temptation right up around the corner. And what do we do? Uh, we, we turn a blind, blind eye. We're, we, we, we're blind to that. We, we, we ignore those things that are real temptations in our lives. I remember when I was a pastor uh, years ago, and I would talk to men at conferences and so forth, and, and they would tell me that they were struggling with lust, and, and they would tell me that it was on the way home that they found themselves struggling with lust, and they would indulge in certain activities that would cause tremendous guilt in their, in their life. And I would say, well, don't turn a blind eye. Go home another way. Change your behavior, right? So blind eye, that blindness of eye, that's one of the offspring of lust. Another one is thoughtlessness. Thoughtlessness is actually related to lust. And that is what? No consideration of others. No consideration of others. We can use people for for personal gain. We can use people as simply objects in our lives, and we have no consideration for them or their relatives, and that, that can be a problem in our life. Thoughtlessness. Thoughtlessness. Thoughtlessness, you get in line, all right? Uh, inconsist- inconstant, uh, inconstancy is another one. Inconstancy, it's uh, not faithful or dependable, constantly changing constantly changing. And that is one of the signs of someone who is really struggling with with lust. And I'll take, for example, on this one, um, things that you buy, fashion and technology, as we talked about earlier. These are things that people struggle with. And whatever becomes popular on the fashion show or on social media, uh, they they are constantly changing. They're... they're, they're um, they're changing things. They're not faithful. They're not sticking with things. And that's a sign of lust. That's one of the little children of lust. Another one is impulsiveness. Have you ever found yourself impulsive? You know, you uh, you go to the mall. In fact, did you know that there's a study done on the rack of goodies at the grocery store as you check out and what's available there that's that imp- impulse buy? There's a science behind it. They know you. And they can make so much money per lane, per day, based on impulse buying, something you would not have buyed or bought most likely, but they uh, have figured it out. It's, it's acting without thinking or forethought, right? So you can have uh, uh, lust in your life, and one of the ways to, to notice this is just an impulsiveness in, in your life. And that's a good thing to bring to confession. In fact, you need to bring all of these children of deadly sins to confession and uh, 
uh, throw them out there and you say, hey, here's my brats, Father, and, uh, and then uh, receive uh, you know, receive forgiveness, but then act on humility and forgiveness and, and also what you need to act on to deal with lust, which we'll get to in just a moment. Self-love, self-love is another little child of lust. It's tending to be smug and superior. You're better than everybody else, right? It's kind of like pride in a way. Boy, what would happen if pride and lust married? Ooh, you have some problems. Anyway, self-love is a is a big problem. Hatred of God is one of the other children. Uh, hatred of God. Love of the world. Love of the world. You know, we are called to, and read 1 John, 1 John at the end of the Bible, where he talks about the love of the world, right? The love of the world and the, lo- the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. These things are not of God. These things are not of God, the love of the world. We're not called to love the things of this world. We use them for the purposes of God, but we're not called to love them. And then the final little child of lust is a contempt for heaven. You know, it's beneath consideration. You know, we've got too much going on here. Too many good things, too much to indulge in, too many things to have and buy and hold. And uh, we have a contempt for heaven. And so if your mind is more on this world than heaven, more on the things of this world and social media and buying online and prime on Amazon than heaven, you might be struggling with lust. Well, how do we deal with it? Bring in the big guns. Chastity. Chastity. What's that? It's purity. Freedom from immorality, especially of a sexual nature. Chastity will deal with lust, whether it's a strong sexual desire or whether it's a desire for something. Chastity is how we deal with that. That is the corresponding virtue that will deal with lust and his seven or eight little children. Again, those brats. So chastity is the way to go. And there's a lot of good material out there, you know, in the Catholic world now about dealing with chastity and the theology of the body. Uh, yeah, Christopher West has a, a tremendous book on that. Uh, we can put that in the show notes. And there's and, and St. John Paul II writes about this so much. I mean, there's a lot of material available, and I would recommend that you get a hold of some of that in the area of chastity and go for it. Well, those are the three that we're covering on this show, Pride, Anger, and Lust. And you can see right now we've got another show ahead of us, and we're going we're gonna to have to get a little bit quicker here if we're going to get them all in. We'll see what, what happens. But I, I think it's really helpful to, to cover the deadly sins, but also look at the children that they have, because sometimes we recognize those quicker in our life. Uh, I know I do. And uh, in some cases, I see three or four of those kids nagging, and uh, problematic, and I need to do something about it. Humility, forgiveness, and chastity. Once again, if you have a question or you have an idea for the show, please send it in, and uh, uh, we will certainly consider that. And a quick reminder, this is show 116. We have 115 shows prior to this on all kinds of all kinds of practical topics about walking with Christ and dealing with life. And I'm just like you. I'm not above or below. I am just like you. And what I uh, like to talk about are things that I think we're all dealing with. And I would encourage you to go back through that list on iTunes or or Amazon or uh, uh, Google uh, or Ascension Presents 
and take a look at some of those and share a few with friends who might be struggling with some of the some of the topics that we are talking about. Real quickly, you can get in touch with me at the Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. That's my email. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jeff Cavins, and my Facebook is Jeff Cavins. Uh, and also uh, my face or my regular web site is Jeff Cavins. So I'm not getting real original. It's just that's the way it is. We got a few things up ahead. We've got two trips coming up uh, to Israel in uh, January of 2019. And we still have some room left if you'd like to go with us. Jackie Francois Angel and her husband Bobby are going to join us. And they are going to, uh, uh, Jackie's going to be one of the cantors for that. And uh, Lisa Lacayo will be the cantor of the second trip in January. And then coming up in June of 2020, Father Mike Schmitz and I are going to lead the biggest group of young adults in Israel. We're taking about, I don't know, hundreds of young adults to Israel and some fantastic singers like uh, Taylor Tripodi, Ali Aliyah, Brother Isaiah. We've got amazing talks, amazing concerts in Galilee and Jerusalem with some of the best artists in the Catholic world. And you can find that at jeffcavins.com as well. The Great Adventure Bible is out. Activated, uh, Activated Disciple is out. And I hope that uh, I hope you're enjoying those. Let me close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, I love you so much. And I thank you, Lord, for, uh, for uh, uh, saving our souls and continuing to save our souls all the way to the end. And I pray, Lord, that you will help us to walk in virtue and to, to uh, really strive to overcome pride and anger and lust this week in our lives. Help us to recognize the children of these three deadly sins and to have the courage to face them and to walk in the grace that you have given us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, I love you, and I'll be praying for you, and I appreciate you praying for me.